Individual investors aren't always welcomed into hot startup VC funds. Micro VC Mike Cosan of Outbound Capital is changing that. And today, you'll hear how this former Accenture consultant and hedge fund manager is making B2B software bets accessible to angel investors. Welcome back to another edition of The Angel Nest, where real angel investors and entrepreneurs partner to build great companies. I'm David Hemingway. I'm a five-time founder and now an active angel investor. And this is another in our series of continuing partnership podcasts with Johnny Walker from Ruled, Outsource CFO, Accounting and Consulting Services. Ruled are the startup finance experts, and this group of programs is examining the state of the startup world, including the importance of financial reporting and how Ruled has helped their clients to achieve their goals and financial success. Welcome back, Johnny. Great to see you again. Thank you, David. Great to be here again. Today, we're meeting micro VC Mike Cosan of Outbound Capital. Uh, Mike is a micro VC with a very different approach that I think will be of interest to a lot of our angel investors because he doesn't just look for institutional money. Uh, he involves individual and angel investors in his funds, which specialize in B2B business solutions. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, David and Johnny. Nice to see you again. Likewise. So first question has to be, how does an electrical engineer come to start a micro VC fund? Yeah, good question, David. Um, I'll give you the sh kind of the short story there. Um, I was an electrical engineer back in the early 2000s and um, went to work for the U.S. Army. Uh, and this was uh, during the Iraq and Afghanistan invasions and worked on some Kembao defense projects, which really piqued my interest in complex, hard, hard tech type solutions to, to big problems. Um, ultimately got a little bit bored of working for the government, so decided to go back to business school and ultimately got out of engineering and went into management consulting. So I was a strategy consultant at Accenture for about six years out of the New York office. I worked in many different industries, um, usually on the CFO's agenda. So we were always trying to solve problems for, for the CFO and the C-suite of organizations. And usually those solutions to those problems had to do with implementing some sort of technology. Um, in order to increase the efficiency of, of workers, um, in, increase revenue for the organization, or decrease costs in some way. Um, ultimately, I got into investing more entrepreneurially. I actually started a hedge fund with a good friend of mine from, from undergrad, and we did that part-time for about four years until we decided to quit our jobs and do it full-time in 2015. So in 2015, we started working at the fund full-time i ultimately convinced my partner that i would want i wanted to start investing in startups more and really more as an angel at this point um, through through the fund and i invested in lots of different startups based out of based out of new york from 2015 to 2019 um, in many different types of startups so consumer technology b2b technology b2b software robotics biotech and ultimately realized I really enjoyed um, the B2B software side of things and also the hard tech side of things um, more so than, than really the consumer investing. So I ultimately ended up splitting off from, from that fund. Our, my partner and I went in different directions. He was more of a public stock person and I was more interested in investing in startups. So I spun out to do outbound capital in 2020. Um, raised my first fund in 2021, mainly from individual investors. So we raised from 32 individuals. And now we're actually working on building upon the success of Fund One 
and and raising from another crop of individuals and maybe some smaller institutions as well for fun too. And how do you think about the numbers so early on when companies really uh, don't have very long or even any track records? Yeah, so we always like to see a a thoughtful forecast, although we know that forecast is never you know going to come to fruition the way the entrepreneur you know thinks thinks it will. Um, and we we think more about things in terms of how much will it cost for our startups to find product market fit, and really the way we think about product market fit is a series of experiments that need to be run. So we have to make sure that the startups are capitalized in in a way that they have enough capital to to do the experiments that they need to run in order to figure out who their early adopter customers are, how to adjust their product to their early adopters, and how to figure out how to start going to market to these early adopter customers. Now, Johnny Walker from Ruled, you've had a lot of experience building business models. Mm-hmm. How common is it that entrepreneurs on the first go can adequately forecast what they're going to need in order to get to product yeah. market fit? No, I think that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I think you... What I've found is be, in being a fractional CFO is a lot of it is really just about sort of uh, in some way coaching, but really encouraging the entrepreneur to think about the numbers more uh, rigorously. Uh, I think there's obviously a lot of vision. There's a lot of understanding of the target market generally. There's a there's an idea for the product, but it's about articulating those details in numbers, in financials, and in a way that makes sense to an investor. Um, and that that's something that does take time, I think, to develop. Some founders have been through it before and so really walk into it sort of knowing what to do. And others, I think, require a little bit more sort of, you know, in in essence, coaching. Uh, A lot of that they will get from the investors. Like I always encourage the entrepreneurs that I'm working with, talk to investors, understand, you know, really what their reactions are, what they're saying, because that's some of the best feedback you're going to get is really from what the investment set is saying. And then we can help them make it look professional and really, you know, be consistent and, and be reliable, let's say, rather than, as, as Mike said earlier, these things aren't necessarily about being accurate because what you put down the forecast is almost never going to happen. Um, but you at least need to make it look as if it really hangs together uh, or show that it hangs together. Yeah, that's what's interesting. Uh, a lot of founders will complain to angel investors. I've certainly been in a lot of these meetings where they say, you know, you guys want to know the unknowable. Right. Yeah. We we have no way of knowing how this is going to go. We know it can go one of three ways. And then the answer to that is you need to model that. Right? Yep. And and although we know that that model isn't going to be exactly reflective of what's going to happen, at least we see that you have put in the effort in order to do that, yep. which gives us comfort that when you get down the road into real-life circumstances, you know, you'll have both the knowledge uh, and yeah. the determination to, to, to see that through. Yes. I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I think it is very important that the, the entrepreneur be very intimate with the financials. I'm sure you've seen this a ton of times, Mike. Uh, uh, you, you, some entrepreneurs just think they can outsource the entirety of the model and the understanding of it. And I think every entrepreneur at the early stage needs to really know that detail intimately. So, Mike, is it harder working with angel investors uh, since you know the benefit of what you're doing to a large degree for, for our community is that we get in on deals that – uh, we might not otherwise see, uh, but is that more of a burden on you in terms of managing that cap table? So I'll answer it in a couple of different ways. Um, we have a we have a lot of angel investors that invest in our fund, so they so you know they they have exposure to a pool of of VC and of startup investments, not just you know their individual investments that they make. 
And then we also offer follow-on offer opportunities through through special purpose vehicles for for our angels to make you know additional bets in some of the some of the startups in our portfolio. But when we make an investment in a in a startup, usually it's at the seed stage or pre-seed, and oftentimes there's angels that are already on the cap table or joining, you know, in in the in the round. And usually the angels are very helpful to to the founders. And also, I think, you know, ours being a micro VC fund, we are very helpful as well. And so I think actually founders get get a pretty big bang for their buck from an angel investor or a micro VC fund who's willing to to step in and help from an expertise perspective and really helping to coach coach through some of these earlier these early um, challenges that pop up um, in, in building a startup. And what are some of the most exciting opportunities you're seeing at the moment? What's, uh, what is really getting you excited about the future? Well, it's hard to be an investor right now and not have, and not see lots of AI applications being, being developed. Um, uh, it's, it's very, I think, challenging to a space to invest in because it's such an early, an early, um, technology and also very hyped in the initial initial stages of the hype cycle. Um, so I spent a lot of time talking to companies that are starting AI, AI apps for the enterprise and um, trying to figure out, you know, what are some of the big, some of the pitfalls to, to watch out for. And what we've really kind of come down to at Outbound Capital is investing in founding teams that have the mental plasticity to be able to continue to to solve a big problem for their customers and be able to adopt to an underlying changing landscape in AI. And I think it really so it really comes down to solving a big problem, having it having it be a problem that can be solved in a new way through AI and also having a founding team that's very adaptable to an ever changing and fast moving environment. So you're, you're investing very early on, and one of the things that investors are worried about these days is how do founders get to the next round? Because sometimes it's easier actually to get the friends and family or the seed round than it is to get you know the, the extended seed or even to an A round. And that's where Johnny comes in because that's where investors really want to know, you know what the MVP or what the pilot has actually done. Um, so does that affect your judgment when you're looking for opportunities to, to invest in at the very early stage? Are you saying, you know, which one of these companies is actually going to be able to get the next round and, and keep going? Yeah. So we think a lot about that. Um, so we typically invest um, at seed. And, and really, I think about, about this question in terms of pre or post product market fit. And, you know, product market fit is in our definition is you know the demand for your product is outstripping your ability to supply it so it's actually a pretty a pretty high bar and if we can help our our founders get to product market fit they're not going to have a hard time raising an a round and that's so that's really our our north star and there it might not be perfect product market fit but at least in, in um, early product market fit and we also are seeing in the in the A rounds that we're trying to help our founders get to, um, they're more at like 1.5 million to 2.5 million in ARR today. And investors are looking for 100, 200%, 300% growth. 
on that before they can before they will fund an A round. It is a hard fundraising environment at the at the A. And so we're looking to to help our founders find product market fit, also get to that revenue numbers and those and those growth numbers. And it's actually a pretty big it's a pretty big hurdle. And it takes a lot longer than I think founders think it's going to take. So we really think it's going to take at least 24 months, if not 36 months, um, in order for, for founders to, to, to go from like a pre-seed or seed round to actually finding early product market fit and hitting those metrics to, to, get to, the seed, to, to get to the Series A. And then when they find product market fit, you send them over to Johnny for some fine-tuning, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, that's when they have to start getting their books in order, and actually they can start adding the revenue component to their yeah. books as well. There you go. Yeah, I think I think I'll just comment there. That is that very typical sort of scale up in the finance need in the company. Um, to, to exactly to your point, they've proven the the, the actual market appetite for the product, uh, and then you know things start to scale, and that's when existing finance processes tend to break. Uh, and often it's not it's not immediately obvious that they're not working properly. You know, you sort of see this when the reporting runs off and the month close sort of runs long. Um, and you want to get that right finance support in there just at the point or before, ideally, that skill starts to happen. So I think that Series A trigger is great. I think Series Seed a lot of the time has been great also because those seed rounds have been relatively large. But th- those are critical points to get the right kind of support in for definite. Mike Hosan from Outbound Capital, Johnny Walker from Ruled. Thanks for joining us today. And Mike, thanks for getting us angel investors in on some of those deals. Thanks for having me, David. And thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Mike. Good to see you. You can find contact information for our guests today at our website, theangelnest.com, where you can also reach me. If you know of a company or an exciting opportunity we should talk about, I'd love to hear from you. My email is david at theangelnest.com. I'm David Hemingway. We produce The Angel Nest with help from David Newhoff at the beautiful Art Deco Film Center building just west of Times Square in New York. Thanks for listening, and here's hoping my fellow angels and the founders they support find their next great venture. So long until next time.